Philly, you are so wonderful and interesting. You deserve a local news podcast all your own. Check out the John Cast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Matt Leon. As a result of Russia's invasion of Ukraine, the economic screws have been put to the Russian economy. And as a result, Russia is likely to default on its debt. What would that mean? What would be the ripple effects of that? To learn more, we caught up with Dr. Samuel Rosen. He is an assistant professor of finance at Temple University's Fox School of Business. Give a listen. So to start, before we kind of zero in on the situation with the Russian economy, what does it mean when a country defaults? Because this is something we've heard mm-hmm. talked about in the news in the U.S. with the debt cliff and, you know, debt ceiling, stuff like that. Kind of lay out what it means when a country defaults. Right. So in general, it's important to remember that countries and governments are a lot like people and companies in the sense that they want to buy things and they want to pay for things, but they don't necessarily have the money. So they go to the market and, and try to raise money in the form of debt. And so when a country defaults, they can't pay back their promised debt obligations to either external or internal investors. So who can buy a country's debt? Well, the residents of that country can, but as well as external uh, global investors can also buy the debt of an individual country. And so when they do so, they're expecting to be paid back. But depending on uh, how things turn out for the country or or, geopolitical events, a country might not be able to do so, in which case that's called a default. So specifically with Russia, uh, there is a lot of talk. And actually, as we're talking uh, middle of March, uh, we're actually talking on the day where we could start to see the dominoes fall. What would it mean for Russia if they do default uh, like a lot of people are expecting to, uh, to, to at least see get started? So defaults are a pretty bad thing for a country. And the main reason why is that I said countries like to finance their domestic expenditures or investment by raising money from from global investors or from external investors. And when a country defaults, one thing that happens is they basically get cut off from that source of financing. And so in general, if you're a company or a country, you, you suddenly lose access to a source of financing, you need to figure out other ways to compensate. And in general, that's a very big shock for a a country to try to adjust. And as a result, it ends up leading to a domestic recession because uh, of all the disruption created by this sudden withdrawal of a financing source. With regards to Russian debt, do we have an idea, ballpark, how much money we're talking about that is kind of in play here that, that they could default on? Yeah, we have a pretty good idea. So data on sovereign bonds is is, is readily readily available, and, and we're able to track not only what's out there, but also get a sense of, of who owns what. Uh, and the numbers that I've seen floating around say that Russia has about $40 billion in sovereign debt that's held by investors outside of the country, and about $200 billion in government debt that's held by their domestic uh, residents. And from perspective, I would say that these are really not large sums if you think about the size of global financial markets. Uh, so from that perspective, maybe not that much money is at stake, specifically in terms of a default by Russia. 
how does let's assume that this goes worst case scenario and they kind of default across the board. There is no refinance, no restructuring. No one wants to play ball. And how does even in a relative uh, lower amount of money, as you said, how does this affect the global economy? What are kind of the ripple effects? So I think there's, first of all, a, a direct effect, which is that if you owned the debt of that country and they say that they're not going to be able to pay you back, uh, then you directly suffer a loss as a result. So that's kind of the first, uh, I guess you'd say, area where a default can hurt investors or hurt uh, uh, people outside of the country. And and there, you know, given the fact that these are relatively small amounts by by global standards, uh, the the damage from that specific channel doesn't seem to necessarily be uh, uh, something to worry about. But what what is the the larger concern is generally the fact that we have now a country that's a pretty large player in the global economy that is now set to have what looks like a pretty severe recession. And given that it's involved not only on the financial side of things, but as well as on the real side, being both on exports and imports, the disruptions caused by a recession in an economy like that will have direct impacts on the countries that are already dealing with, with Russia. And so, you know, if default's a problem for, for the country itself, well, even countries that relied on supplies or uh, relationships with 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 uh, companies in those countries or, or investors now they're in a similar position where you know what their their activity is also disrupted and that's something that that can really have these types of domino and large effects outside of the country itself. The fact that so many countries, institutions, organizations have kind of cut off Russia as a result of this invasion of Ukraine that set all of this on every level in motion. Does that, in a way, does that mitigate the ripple effects because a lot of lines have already been cut off, but, or these are already established relationships established, you know, they've already loaned the money. So it is what it is. So I think the, the um, kind of nature of, I guess it's a, why, why Russia is defaulting. Uh, this is certainly something that's unique in this case relative to defaults that we've observed in the past, where Russia has the ability to, to service its debt and make these payments, but it's the actions of the rest of the world, these sanctions and freezing their assets, that make them unable to do so. So, you know, that that's certainly a difference, but at the same time, it doesn't change the underlying uh, forces at play where if you have a country that now is in severe recession and also in the in the future might plan on withdrawing more from the global economy, well, you know, any sort of kind of change or disruption in, in the course of business is, is something that is likely to have a negative impact on those who are relying on those sources. So to me, that's kind of the, the bigger story here beyond the, the initial default, which seems at this point very likely, uh, is just the kind of ongoing um, economic disruptions that happen as a result of a country that's no longer able to participate in the way it was prior to these events uh, and maybe doesn't even want to uh, moving forward. And that's going to just change the the nature of, of these, uh, the global economy. And is one of the concerns with this is you don't necessarily, like we're on A now, you don't necessarily know what G will look like as the ripple effects and the ramifications of something like this kind of spin out? 
I, th- I think that's that's precisely the, the the type of concern these days. Where I mean, you can go back to a lot of kind of historical uh, financial or economic crises and trace, you know, maybe the start of them. You know, the U.S. subprime crisis as an example of a particular type of debt, where it's not always easy to see at first, you know, how those that that can ultimately affect kind of different market participants and players. Now, getting back to the kind of small size of the Russian debt before, it's also helpful to know that at least, you know, where is this debt being held? It seems to be in emerging market debt funds or very specific places where those investors are at least not in a position where suddenly, oh, we're in trouble. And now our liquidation suddenly then ripples to others. That at least at this point, I haven't seen any indication of that. But those would be the types of uh, kind of domino effects to be concerned about is just that this distress leads to distress elsewhere. And then you see other other failures or other defaults that that then spread throughout the, the global system. Is this a situation that the average American should brace for any impact when it, you know, just when I say impact, I mean, yeah. their 401k, stuff like that could are a lot of these Russian debt holders, would they be intertwined with companies that uh, might affect uh, investments in some way or no? So I think both given the size and kind of the nature of investment, I, I would suspect that most Americans, the, their portfolios aren't highly exposed to Russian debt specifically. Uh, so from that perspective, I would say that there's there's not a direct concern that Russia defaults and now my portfolio goes goes down. But I think you know where where the average American could still be con- concerned about their their investments and in the the you know the, even in the near term would be through these other channels where we know financial markets are forward looking and equity valuations are forward looking. And so to the extent that that Russian default and the ensuing uh, you know kind of disruptions that happen afterwards that they affect just global business and companies that people uh, uh, you know have have stakes in, well, declines in 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 those prices would would be something that would be directly impacted. So the 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 debt default and the debt instrument are probably not the biggest concern, but but it's this kind of broader story and ability for for kind of the whole financial system to be involved is is a bigger concern. How unusual is it to be in this situation? Because I remember as a layman hearing, I'm, you I think you referenced earlier Greece. Uh, yeah. some and some other countries back in history, but how unusual is it to be in this situation with a major country to start? And have we ever had a situation in the modern economy where this was kind of proactively done, not uh, not a result of financial mismanagement yeah. or something like that, but because the economic screws are being put to a country because of its behavior, they find themselves in this situation. So as far as I know, that that is certainly a unique aspect of this 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 Russian default, uh, uh, this eminent Russian default, is that it it is caused by you know essentially sanctions and and the 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 resulting activity kind of around around what's going on, uh, where traditionally, or I guess you'd say even in, within the last thirty years, some of the examples I mentioned fall into the 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 other category that that you brought up which is just that there's I, I I wouldn't necessarily say financial mismanagement but certainly some external event or something that ultimately caused a, a country to be unable to pay its debt uh and and then therefore it was had no choice but default and and we we've seen the ensuing uh disruptions that happened in those economies so um 
certainly the source is unique, but but we definitely have a, a pretty long history of country defaults. In fact, even Russia itself defaulted on its debt back in 1998. So not too long ago, we saw um, the same country uh, with with uh, a debt crisis. And the story back then was essentially that the country or Russia was trying to peg its currency to the U.S. dollar, which requires kind of an active currency management. And then in 1998, we saw a decline in oil prices, which had a negative impact on the, the Russian economy. And as a result, they weren't able to pay their obligations and they had a default. And what we saw after that was a very severe recession uh, in Russia. And so therefore, if you're looking for kind of a historical precedent, certainly that's that's a very relevant one uh, to consider for this case as well. And my final question, you know, when it comes to Russia coming out the other side of this, eventually they will. But is it impossible to say what that's going to look like because of the political situation and the what we're seeing now? Like uh, there, there's just so many things that are unknown right now. Mm-hmm. Is it impossible to kind of get a feel for what? the Russian economy will look like on the other side of this? So I certainly don't pretend to, to know yeah, what, how, how things are, are, are going to unfold uh, kind of post, uh, post this debt crisis and, and, and when Russia ultimately maybe regains its kind of financial footing in the global economy. But I think uh, one thing that I can say at this point, or at least seems to be the case, is that uh, at least from within Russia, they've observed what's happened recently. And this has been a motivation to perhaps withdraw more from the global economy that they've become such an integral part of, where, you know, recognizing that having their assets abroad or having reliance on, you know, Western countries for certain key imports, uh, now they're seeing that, well, this is also a tool that can be be used against them. And as a result, they're uh, looking, or at least they're claiming that they want to move further away from uh, that type of reliance. And so, I think that's kind of the the picture at this point that that seems uh, more likely, which is that we're going to see Russia basically reduce its its role and, and try to be more self sufficient as a result of this experience. And this is something that is ultimately bad for the global economy because uh, you know one of the things that we we've kind of learned and understood about um, uh, economics is that there's gains from trade and in general. Uh, countries trading with the with each other leads to to more wealth and prosperity for everyone. So, basically, the reverse happening is is generally not a good sign. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon. 